Montessori is a student-led learning environment where students can learn things that they're interested in at their own pace, where the teacher's primary role is as a guide to help students develop along the paths that they're most interested in. Welcome to TG2Cast. I'm your host, Aaron Blackwater. Today I have the pleasure to discuss the importance of school and classroom culture with Bennett Jester. Bennett is the founder of Hashtag My Grading Story, where he encourages students to share their voice on the adverse effects of grades on learning. Bennett is also a ninth grade student who attended a Montessori school through eighth grade. He is an aspiring writer, and you can find his work at bennettjester.wixsite.com. And you can also follow him on Twitter at Jester Bennett. Welcome, Bennett. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So, um, yeah, you started this hashtag, uh, Migrating Story. Um, Tell me about it. The inspiration for it is to provide a platform for people to share the stories about how grading has affected them. And what, I mean, a lot of people just aren't hearing enough voices of people who don't really have a way to speak out, but do have important thoughts that we should consider. And it's definitely primarily aimed towards getting students more involved in the gradeless movement, but it can totally also be used by educators and other related people. So what has the response been like so far? So far, there hasn't been a whole lot. Um, I'm hoping that this podcast episode can get a few people to come out and share some stories. I mean, I have been growing on Twitter and engaging with some people. Okay. And what ultimately would you like um, to see uh, come out of this? Well, I think the goal here is to raise more awareness about what the issues are and get people like a little bit more involved in the movement and to help people realize that there are alternatives and they do work. Okay. Okay. Um, and so uh, that's kind of why you're doing this. That's why you have your mm-hmm. website. And, and uh, um, if you could, if, let's just say that you could uh, make a big change to education with grades specifically, what would you replace them with? How would you, obviously you'd like to see them gotten rid of, but what would you want to replace them? Yeah, I would replace them with teacher assessments where teachers would like look at the work of the child and say, this is good work and here are some places where it can improve and here are some places where it's really exemplary and Combine that with trilateral parent-teacher-student conferences where the student's learning can be discussed by all of the involved parties. And I think that's more than adequate as a replacement. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, learning is a conversation. And the more we um, have that dialogue, uh, Mm -hmm. the more we learn. Okay, so um, could you take a moment and tell us about uh, what Montessori is? How is it different than uh, traditional education? Montessori is a student-led 
learning environment where students can learn things that they're interested in at their own pace, where the teacher's primary role is as a guide to help students to help students develop along the paths that they're most interested in and to help them when they inevitably make some kinds of mistakes. And um, so you said it's self-guided. Um, how does um, how does it work when, when you have students who are just not motivated to, to do things? What is the role of the teacher when, it, when, uh, when that comes? Well, about? everybody has some interests, whether they be in like more math and science environments like or they could be in the arts, but everybody has some kind of interests. Teachers can help link things that a student is not motivated to do with their interests, and that can provide additional motivation. Mm, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that I'm starting my school year off with, it's new this year, and I'm getting a huge response from it, is I'm having my students spend a week just writing about um, what is important to you. Um, I, I'm telling them it's going to teach me two things. One, it's going to tell me um, what is important to them so that I can help to link it, like you said, but also to find out where they're at and then um, for them to discover for themselves because some of them are doing some exhaustive research right now. One of my kids, um, he's really interested in sharks, and he says sharks are something that's important to him, and he found research on an article that said that every minute 11,000 sharks are being killed. So it's really interesting to see what my students are coming up with. Yeah, that's true. That's really cool. And I, it can help you understand what's going to motivate them better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I completely agree with your idea that we need to find out what's interesting to kids to lead them. In your experience, what factors have contributed to a positive learning environment for you at school? I think having that guiding mentality has helped me develop in my interests, which I'm interested in all kinds of things, but really some of my main interests are in like creative writing and writing in general. And I've been able to do a lot of really cool writing projects with my school that I've been able to emphasize through that self-guided learning. Um, and then we actually, in seventh and eighth grade, our school does a lot of stuff with time management, that like teaching us more about time management and how to do it. And I've found that super helpful in managing my own time effectively. Yeah, you know, I hear teachers complain all the time, well, these students don't know how to manage their time. They, they screw around or whatever. You're right. Um, if we value that, shouldn't we be teaching that? Yes, that's super true for me. I think time management should be taught in schools in some way. I'm not sure what form that would exactly take, whether it would be a class or just something that like a course that happened once or I don't know. Yeah. Because it's not for me. I mean, my experience is over the past 20 years of teaching, I haven't seen kids get better or worse at time management, but it's still something that's there. Yeah. <laughs> it's an issue. Yeah. So yeah, taking the time to teach, it would be um, very helpful. Um, so, um, in your blog that you just came out, um, you wrote for us for TG2, uh, in your blog, um, you emphasize these community meetings. Um, what are these and how do they contribute to a, a culture in a school? Community meetings are gatherings where the classroom 
which is multi-age. Um, it's first through third grade, fourth through sixth grade, and seventh through eighth grade are the different age groups. But the classroom meets to try to discuss and solve issues. And older, as classrooms get older, they make more important decisions. Like the seventh and eighth grade classroom makes decisions about the budget in their community meetings. And I think these meetings give students a sense of loyalty to the community and responsibility for what's going to happen to the community. And it helps build that idea of the classroom as a whole and as a community rather than as a bunch of people who go into a room and learn some things for a few hours and then go home. Hmm. So they're, they're part of the whole planning of the um, administrative piece of the school then. Mm-hmm. Rather than just what goes on in the classroom, they're talking about budget and what other things do you guys talk about? Um, so for the, I mean, budget is one of the bigger ones. We talk about community guidelines and problems that are appearing and how they should be solved. Like, for example, um, in the last school year, our classroom had some problems with pencils. We kept losing pencils and we have a collective supply of pencils that was being constantly depleted and we were spending a surprising amount of money on pencils, which led to (laughs) some solution needing to be made. We had people start bringing some of their own pencils to add to the supply. Yeah, there were a couple of different solutions. That's really cool. Um, And I appreciate that that students had a voice in solving these problems. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, in, in the Montessori class, I know that there's a lot of self-directedness in school, which I think is really important. Um, from my perspective, um, I, I really believe that that is where we need to lead students is to that self-directed learning. Um, from your perspective, why should we consider as teachers to be more self-directed with students? I think more self-direction with students will help them be more engaged in their learning because they're having a hand in the direction that it's going in. And it'll definitely help prepare them for college and beyond because they'll be able to like run like in college. You're really, you're kind of in charge basically mm-hmm. we in high schools and middle schools. We don't prepare students for that enough. Like we will just give them like, this is what you need to do. And this is how you're going to do it. And they can go home and do it without having a thought about the agency that's involved in their learning. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Um, Now, in the Montessori schools, being self-directed, do students slack off or get lazy? Yes, for sure. That definitely happens. There's definitely, like, if you walk into the classrooms, it'll look like people are just messing around. And sometimes that's true. A lot of times they're doing work in a more collaborative and sometimes like physically louder way than is normally expected in public schools. But sometimes they are just slacking off and that's part of the time management. Like we learned that when we do that, we don't get our work done on time and that doesn't work out for us because then we need to do it after it's due. And then we're rushing to complete a bunch of things at once. And that's not fun. Um, When teachers see students off task, what are ways that they could approach them or how could we, um, how can we inspire them when they're slacking off or when um, they're getting lazy, when we're allowing them to self-direct? 
Well, sometimes you just need to say like, hey, you're you really you have a bunch of stuff you need to do and lots of it is due tomorrow. So you should probably go do that. And in most cases, that's enough to get somebody up and to the computer room where they'll start working on their essay or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think it rarely gets beyond that. We have, I mean, we know the consequences of not getting stuff done on time and we like to avoid those consequences. Yeah. Yeah. The natural consequence of things are often better teachers than anything that I think a teacher can do. Yes. I would agree with that. Um, I had a great conversation. I got to interview Alfie Cohen, um, back in December. And, uh, one of the things he said was that, um, if kids aren't doing the work, then I think we need to look at the curriculum itself. Is the curriculum interesting? So how have your teachers made that curriculum interesting when you weren't initially interested? So the main way that we do big projects in the seventh and eighth grade classroom is um, a process called individual projects. So at any time, there are three units to choose from. In the beginning of this, there are six in every year. So I'm going to say there are like six or seven weeks. And in those big units that will be like, for example, I did a unit on diversity. And within those units, you'll choose a subtopic and you'll do a bunch of research on that subtopic that will allow you to then, at the end, come back together with your group, your main topic, and present about your different topics all together to the rest of the class. And I think that process allows people to get really engaged with their learning because they're choosing this subtopic. And because they're choosing it, it's usually something that they're going to be pretty interested in. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Is there any um, that you remember off the top of your head that you, were, that you were initially afraid or had reservations to try, and then all of a sudden it was, became really interesting? Do you have a specific example? Yeah, so we had one of my favorite units for the whole two years I was there was protest in America. And mm-hmm. I was able to, I chose to look at the election of Donald Trump and how that related to people's like feelings of that the system had wronged them. And I mean, not getting into politics too much, but it was a really interesting topic to research. Although I did think at first, like this might be a little big and hard, but it was in the end, a really great topic to research, I think. So it was because it was applicable, because it was new, because it was something current, it helped to stimulate you a little bit more. Yeah, because it happened in like, I think I did the project in like early 2017. So it was pretty recent. Um, now, in Montessori schools, uh, there is a huge promotion of collaboration within the learning. Um, as a student who's coming out of Montessori schools, what are your thoughts on teachers facilitating collaboration? Why is this so important? Well, I think partially facilitating collaboration can be done by just extending the invitation to students, like explicitly say, like, feel free to work together on this project, or this project will be easier if you do it in pairs, or something like that. That'll be enough to start a lot of collaboration and 
I think grades actually cause a lot of competitiveness within schools and within classrooms because students are 